chapter seventeen part four of supplements to the first book second half the doctrine of the abstract idea or thinking from the world as will and idea volume two by arthur schopenhauer translated by r b haldane and j kemp this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine the doctrine of the idea of perception chapter seventeen on man's need of metaphysics part four the origin of metaphysics in empirical sources of knowledge which is here set forth and which cannot fairly be denied deprives it certainly of that kind of apodictic certainty which is only possible through knowledge a priori this remains the possession of logic and mathematics sciences however which really only teach what every one knows already though not distinctly at most the primary elements of natural science may also be deduced from knowledge a priori by this confession metaphysics only surrenders an ancient claim which according to what has been said above rested upon misunderstanding and against which the great diversity and changeableness of metaphysical systems and also the constantly accompanying scepticism in every age has testified yet against the possibility of metaphysics in general this changeableness cannot be urged for the same thing affects just as much all branches of natural science chemistry physics geology zoology etc and even history has not remained exempt from it but when once as far as the limits of human intellect allow a true system of metaphysics shall have been found the unchangeableness of a science which is known a priori will yet belong to it for its foundation can only be experience in general and not the particular and special experiences by which on the other hand the natural sciences are constantly modified and new material is always being provided for history for experience as a whole and in general will never change its character for a new one the next question is how can a science drawn from experience pass beyond it and so merit the name of metaphysics it cannot do so perhaps in the same way as we find a fourth number from three proportionate ones or a triangle from two sides and an angle this was the way of the pre-kantian dogmatism which according to certain laws known to us a priori sought to reason from the given to the not given from the consequent to the reason thus from experience to that which could not possibly be given in any experience kant proved the impossibility of a metaphysic upon this path in that he showed that although these laws were not drawn from experience they were only valid for experience he therefore rightly taught that in such a way we cannot transcend the possibility of all experience but there are other paths to metaphysics the whole of experience is like a cryptograph and philosophy the deciphering of it the correctness of which is proved by the connection appearing everywhere if this whole is only profoundly enough comprehended and the inner experience is connected with the outer it must be capable of being interpreted explained from itself since kant has irrefutably proved to us that experience in general proceeds from two elements the forms of knowledge and the inner nature of things and that these two may be distinguished in experience from each other as that of which we are conscious a priori and that which is added a posteriori 
it is possible at least in general to say what in the given experience which is primarily merely phenomenal belongs to the form of this phenomenon conditioned by the intellect and what after deducting this remains over for the thing in itself and although no one can discern the thing in itself through the veil of the forms of perception on the other hand every one carries it in himself indeed is it himself therefore in self-consciousness it must be in some way accessible to him even though only conditionally thus the bridge by which metaphysics passes beyond experience is nothing else than that analysis of experience into phenomenon and thing in itself in which i have placed kant's greatest merit for it contains the proof of a kernel of the phenomenon different from the phenomenon itself this can indeed never be entirely separated from the phenomenon and regarded in itself as an ens extra mundanum but is always known only in its relations to and connections with the phenomenon itself but the interpretation and explanation of the latter in relation to the former which is its inner kernel is capable of affording us information with regard to it which does not otherwise come into consciousness in this sense then metaphysics goes beyond the phenomenon that is nature to that which is concealed in or behind it to meta to fusikan, always regarding it however merely as that which manifests itself in the phenomenon not as independent of all phenomenal appearance it therefore remains imminent and does not become transcendent for it never disengages itself entirely from experience but remains merely its interpretation and explanation since it never speaks of the thing in itself otherwise than in its relation to the phenomenon this at least is the sense in which i with reference throughout to the limitations of human knowledge proved by kant have attempted to solve the problem of metaphysics therefore his prolegomena to future metaphysics will be valid and suitable for mine also accordingly it never really goes beyond experience but only discloses the true understanding of the world which lies before it in experience it is neither according to the definition of metaphysics which even kant repeats a science of mere conceptions nor is it a system of deductions from a priori principles the uselessness of which for the end of metaphysics has been shown by kant but it is rational knowledge drawn from perception of the external actual world and the information which the most intimate fact of self-consciousness affords us concerning it deposited in distinct conceptions it is accordingly the science of experience but its subject and its source is not particular experiences but the totality of all experience i completely accept kant's doctrine that the world of experience is merely phenomenal and that the a priori knowledge is valid only in relation to phenomena but i add that just as phenomenal appearance it is the manifestation of that which appears and with him i call this the thing in itself this must therefore express its nature and character in the world of experience and consequently it must be possible to interpret these from this world and indeed from the matter not the mere form of experience accordingly philosophy is nothing but the correct and universal understanding of experience itself the true exposition of its meaning and content to this the metaphysical that is that which is merely clothed in the phenomenon and veiled in its forms is that which is related to it as thought to words 
such a deciphering of the world with reference to that which manifests itself in it must receive its confirmation from itself through the agreement with each other in which it places the very diverse phenomena of the world and which without it we do not perceive if we find a document the alphabet of which is unknown we endeavour to make it out until we hit upon an hypothesis as to the significance of the letters in accordance with which they make up comprehensible words in connected sentences then however there remains no doubt as to the correctness of the deciphering because it is not possible that the agreement and connection in which all the letters of that writing are placed by this explanation is merely accidental and that by attributing quite a different value to the letters we could also recognize words and sentences in this arrangement of them in the same way the deciphering of the world must completely prove itself from itself it must throw equal light upon all the phenomena of the world and also bring the most heterogeneous into agreement so that the contradiction between those which are most in contrast may be abolished this proof from itself is the mark of genuineness for every false deciphering even if it is suitable for some phenomena will conflict all the more glaringly with the rest so for example the optimism of leibniz conflicts with the palpable misery of existence the doctrine of spinoza that the world is the only possible and absolutely necessary substance is incompatible with our wonder at its existence and nature the wolfian doctrine that man obtains his existentia and essentia from a will foreign to himself is contradicted by our moral responsibility for the actions which proceed with strict necessity from these in conflict with the motives the oft-repeated doctrine of the progressive development of man to an ever higher perfection or in general of any kind of becoming by means of the process of the world is opposed to the a priori knowledge that at any point of time an infinite time has already run its course and consequently all that is supposed to come with time would necessarily have already existed and in this way an interminable list might be given of the contradictions of dogmatic assumptions with the given reality of things on the other hand i must deny that any doctrine of my philosophy could fairly be added to such a list because each of them has been thought out in the presence of the perceived reality and none of them has its root in abstract conceptions alone there is yet in it a fundamental thought which is applied to all the phenomena of the world as their key but it proves itself to be the right alphabet at the application of which all words and sentences have sense and significance the discovered answer to a riddle shows itself to be the right one by the fact that all that is said in the riddle is suitable to it in the same way my doctrine introduces agreement and connection into the confusion of the contrasting phenomena of this world and solves the innumerable contradictions which when regarded from any other point of view it presents therefore so far it is like a sum that comes out right yet by no means in the sense that it leaves no problem over to solve no possible question unanswered to assert anything of that sort would be a presumptuous denial of the limits of human knowledge in general whatever torch we may kindle and whatever space it may light our horizon will always remain bounded by profound night for the ultimate solution of the riddle of the world must necessarily be concerned with the things in themselves no longer with the phenomena but all our forms of knowledge are adapted to the phenomena alone 
therefore we must comprehend everything through coexistence succession and causal relations these forms however have meaning and significance only with reference to the phenomenon the things in themselves and their possible relations cannot be apprehended by means of those forms therefore the actual positive solution of the riddle of the world must be something that human intellect is absolutely incapable of grasping and thinking so that if a being of a higher kind were to come and take all pains to impart it to us we would be absolutely incapable of understanding anything of his expositions those therefore who profess to know the ultimate that is the first ground of things thus a primordial being an absolute or whatever else they choose to call it together with the process the reasons motives or whatever it may be in consequence of which the world arises from it or springs or falls or is produced set in existence discharged and ushered forth are playing tricks are vain boasters when indeed they are not charlatans i regard it as a great excellence of my philosophy that all its truths have been found independently of each other by contemplation of the real world but their unity and agreement about which i had been unconcerned has always afterwards appeared of itself hence also it is rich and has wide-spreading roots in the ground of perceptible reality from which all nourishment of abstract truths springs and hence again it is not wearisome a quality which to judge from the philosophical writings of the last fifty years one might regard as essential to philosophy if on the other hand all the doctrines of a philosophy are merely deduced the one out of the other and ultimately indeed all out of one first principle it must be poor and meagre and consequently wearisome for nothing can follow from a proposition except what it really already says itself moreover in this case everything depends upon the correctness of one proposition and by a single mistake in the deduction the truth of the whole would be endangered still less security is given by the systems which start from an intellectual intuition that is a kind of ecstasy or clairvoyance all knowledge so obtained must be rejected as subjective individual and consequently problematical even if it actually existed it would not be communicable for only the normal knowledge of the brain is communicable if it is abstract through conceptions and words if purely perceptible or concrete through works of art if as so often happens metaphysics is reproached with having made so little progress it ought also to be considered that no other science has grown up like it under constant oppression none has been so hampered and hindered from without as it has always been by the religion of every land which everywhere in possession of a monopoly of metaphysical knowledge regards metaphysics as a weed growing beside it as an unlicensed worker as a horde of gypsies and as a rule tolerates it only under the condition that it accommodates itself to serve and follow it for where has there ever been true freedom of thought it has been vaunted sufficiently but whenever it wishes to go further than perhaps to differ about the subordinate dogmas of the religion of the country a holy shudder seizes the prophets of intolerance and they say not a step further what progress of metaphysics was possible under such oppression nay this constraint which the privileged metaphysics exercises is not confined to the communication of thoughts but extends to thinking itself for its dogmas are so firmly imprinted in the tender plastic trustful and thoughtless age of childhood 
with studied solemnity and serious airs that from that time forward they grow with the brain and almost assume the nature of innate thoughts which some philosophers have therefore really held them to be and still more have pretended to do so yet nothing can so firmly resist the comprehension of even the problem of metaphysics as a previous solution of it intruded upon and early implanted in the mind for the necessary starting-point for all genuine philosophy is the deep feeling of the socratic this one thing i know that i know nothing the ancients were in this respect in a better position than we are for their national religion certainly limited somewhat the imparting of thoughts but they did not interfere with the freedom of thought itself because they were not formally and solemnly impressed upon children and in general were not taken so seriously therefore in metaphysics the ancients are still our teachers whenever metaphysics is reproached with its small progress and with not having yet reached its goal in spite of such sustained efforts one ought further to consider that in the meanwhile it has constantly performed the invaluable service of limiting the boundless claims of the privileged metaphysics and yet at the same time combating naturalism and materialism proper which are called forth by it as an inevitable reaction consider to what a pitch the arrogance of the priesthood of every religion would rise if the belief in their doctrines was as firm and blind as they really wish look back also at the wars disturbances rebellions and revolutions in europe from the eighth to the eighteenth century how few will be found that have not had as their essence or their pretext some controversy about beliefs thus a metaphysical problem which became the occasion of exciting nations against each other yet is that whole thousand years a continual slaughter now on the battlefield now on the scaffold now in the streets in metaphysical interests i wish i had an authentic list of all crimes which christianity has really prevented and all good deeds it has really performed that i might be able to place them in the other scale of the balance lastly as regards the obligations of metaphysics it has only one for it is one which endures no other beside it the obligation to be true if one would impose other obligations upon it besides this such as to be spiritualistic optimistic monotheistic or even only to be moral one cannot know beforehand whether this would not interfere with the fulfilment of that first obligation without which all its other achievements must clearly be worthless a given philosophy has accordingly no other standard of its value than that of truth for the rest philosophy is essentially world wisdom its problem is the world it has to do with this alone and leaves the gods in peace expects however in return to be left in peace by them end of chapter seventeen and supplements to the first book recording by expatriate in bangor maine